Good morning, everybody. Had I known, I guess people just had too much Jesus yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. Um, had I known, I would have almost gotten a piece of candy for everybody in the audience, but I could have, could have gotten a piece for everybody. Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, I'm glad to see us all out here. I hope you had a wonderful time kind of celebrating uh, the birth of, of Jesus and found time to kind of reflect uh, on the truth of Christmas. Uh, here we are, the last Sunday of, of 2021. Is that kind of crazy to think? Heading into, and it's the same thing, right? 2022 is going to be better, right? Oh, we, we determine. It depends how many quarterbacks the Ravens have. We are, we are not sure how it's going to go. But part of our upper room and our numbers kind of today, we'll see how fun this is. It's going to be fun, but we have our upper room service with the kids involved. We like to keep the kids in the service so that they are involved and that they understand kind of what communion's all about. And we like to do something really interactive with them so that they can enjoy uh, their time here. And they know they always get some great gifts and stuff. So, uh, kids, those that are here, come on. Let's see. I know there's one. I don't know. Today we could open it up. I don't even know. All right. There we go. Welcome. Welcome. Here we go. This. Yeah, give it up. How you doing? How you doing? Good. Is it kind of fun being the only two ones up here? He's like, did your parents make you come up here? <laughs> All right. Well, we are, are coming into the event that we call New Year's, right? Anybody excited for New Year's? I, I have found myself staying up not as late almost every other year now. I think I'm definitely not making it till midnight ever again. But... Do you guys know, what, what thing do people make every New Year's? Resolution. That wasn't, I didn't even pre-plan that. Perfect. Did you make a resolution to walk in paces and circles? Because you're succeeding. There you go. Um, so, here we are, New Year's resolution. Did you, did you make a New Year's resolution? No? All right. Did you make a New Year's resolution? No? No? Did you make a New Year's resolution to not make a New Year's resolution? Yes. Success. Same thing? No. So you didn't make a New Year's resolution not to make one. So then you've failed? Succeeded? I don't know. But yeah. So what is one year's resolution that I think we all could make in terms of our, our spiritual lives? What would you think? If we look at it from a spiritual standpoint, what is one thing we would hope for this coming year? Mm -hmm. Read the Bible more, all right. Again, not planted. That was a good answer. There we go. But I had this idea that we, would want to, we all want to grow in the Lord more, right? Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So as, as we go through this, I thought about growing. And when you think about growing, what do you think about in terms of nature? What do you think? What grows? Trees. What else grows? Plants. Plants. 
you're really going to enjoy. We are going to think. Now, as things grow, what do they need? Water. Okay, they need water. What else do they need? Sun. Sun. What else? Uh, air. Oxygen. Air. I don't know. I'm not like really a sign. Maybe. Sure. Um, what else? What do they go into? Dirt and ground. Like, they just don't, seeds just don't fall on this table and just grow, right? All right. So I thought for a little reminder, we would have a little fun, and we would plant. You're going you're gonna to love this. You're going to plant some flowers. <laughs> okay. That's exactly what I thought. So I have a great little thing. So like, like you guys said, under the table. You guys were wondering where everything was, weren't you? Here we go. What is this? Soil, one of the things that we need. Now, we got some cups. You just want to take over the show now, huh, don't you? All right. All quiet before. Now he's just taking over. All right. Cups. What's missing also? Water. Water. Let's, see. Let's see. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Good job. Yep, we got seeds here. Yeah. And what did you say? Water. All right. We are, it's actually to water the piano. It's true. All right. So we're going to rip this open and not make a mess. All right. All right. You want to get some soil? I whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think we need that much soil. I, don't I am not a gardener, but I don't think we need that much. Does that look good, anybody? Gardeners, people? People, good? All right, all right, thanks, there we go. All right, all right, come on over. All right, get like a half a cup in there. There you go, that, that looks good, that looks perfect. All right, now let's put this in a place where Frank will freak out if it knocks over. Right by the cords. Is that good, Frank? All right, I'm just kidding. I'll <laughs> All right. So we got the soil. What else did we need? The seeds. The seeds. All right. We clearly have a lot of seeds here. So kind of take us, well, don't, maybe like two or three for that little cup there. And then where are you going to put the seeds? In the dirt. In the dirt. Perfect. Just poke them in there. Put them down there. Put them under a little. There we go. And cover them up a little bit. All right. And what was the last thing? I'm going to handle water. this part because I am not sure how it will go. So we're going to water these plants, right? Yeah. And then what are you going to do with them when you take them home? Put them in the sun. Put them in some sunlight. Probably not outside because, you know, it will be getting hopefully actually cold at some point. So there it is. So as you guys, during 2022, as the, the two of you on stage here, as you look at this plant, hopefully it grows. And what's it going to remind you of? Growing spiritually also, right? Yeah. So as you think about it and you see this, you'll see that you want to have good soil. You want to have the right ingredients. Be in prayer. You want to be reading your Bibles so that you can grow in the Lord as well, right? Right? You guys are just like, can I have the candy now? Because you know where, what else is under this, right? All right, so give it up for them. Two of them who stuck it out today who are here. And we have way more candy than we need. 
So maybe I can chuck some out to the stage again. So we got some ring pops. We got some Reese's Pieces that Kenzie loves. You know what? I will. I'll give the guys, you guys can take four pieces each. How about that? Four pieces each. Oh, you're taking some for your cousins? You know they didn't come up on stage? Uh, I think Easton's giving a quest. <laughs> you can take a little bit more if you're taking some for your cousins. I did. You did? Okay. You want to take some for your brothers? No, man, all right. With that note, you can head back to your st- We're going to end with that. That was, that was awesome. That was cool. That was, he's probably, he's probably, he's got, I know. He's probably going to get beat up by his brothers in a little bit for not taking candy back to them. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Pardon our dust as we, move things around. And as we're doing this, like I said, I got a lot of candy. So, uh, who wants a ring? Oh, Oh, man. Softball season is not looking too good with that thing. Oh, man. It's okay. I I turned 40 this year. It's it's a whole different world of athletics, I think. It is. I feel it. Here, since your brother didn't help you out. I'll help you guys out a little bit. There you go. There you go. Ah, here we go. Look at this. See, I, I actually almost might have a piece of candy for everybody today. That. See, I could hit my mom. I kind of did. That was pretty good. Two more. There we go. I, I might have a piece for almost. See, I get Tim in the back. Oh, I mi- There we go. Oh, there we go. Well, this is, like, this is like the most crowded section ever. Here we go. There we go. Rand- oh, that, that curved on me, Randy. I'm sorry. Here we go. I really don't, you guys are so crowded. I don't want to hit anybody. So we're just going to toss it. Oh, no. We got something in the back. Look at this. I really do. Like everybody's, I think everybody's going to walk away. This is like Oprah. Everybody's a winner. Oh, I'm sorry. Craig, I'm sorry. You, you know how. You, you've seen me play. Oh, I hit a light. I'm... All right, I'm wasting way too much. All right, here we go. We got things to get to. Did everybody get a piece? Oh, I forgot my wife. There we go. What about the people at the computer? Oh, man, dare I? Everybody's like, don't throw it to the computers. All right. I'll leave this here, and if they want to come on up, they can. It's kind of like trick-or-treating when you're not home. You just kind of leave the basket. Take just one. Oh. All right. Well, as we said, today is communion. If you're watching online, be sure to uh, have something at your house, uh, whatever you decide to use for your communion. Also, remember, if you are here, we have these great little cups that you can use to um, take part in communion. So you can kind of remember there's two little tabs. The first tab opens up the cracker, and then the second tab uh, opens up the juice for, or, yeah, the juice, we'll call it, for us uh, this, I almost said this evening, getting ready, because I engrave your mind so much to say this evening for New Year, Christmas Eve, but we are here for, well, I guess, New Year's kind of thing. So here we are, we are continuing, looking at these sections here in our Upper Room series, reflecting on uh, certain aspects for today. We're going to be looking at this idea of going into the new year. 
And what can we consider as we head in to this new year? Maybe anybody out there, do you guys set resolutions? Anybody? You're like, I'd ask you to pray with me. I've got a few days to think on that. I need to figure out where I want to go into this New Year's Eve. So, this year, I have made a resolution. You guys want to hear what my resolution is? All right. There it is. My usual resolution is more lettuce. That is my New Year's resolution. So, um, you'll see how this kind of continues on as we go through this message today. But more lettuce is what I was thinking. And as I was considering what to speak on this Sunday, uh, during our, our Bible reading plans, we were recently going through the book of Hebrews, and I came across this passage in, in Hebrews chapter 10, and I really thought it gave us really some great thoughts, some great ideas to head into this new year. So if you want to turn to the book of Hebrews, we're going to be in chapter 10, looking at verses 19 through 25. And as you're turning there, let me pray for us, and then we'll kind of cover what's been happening in the book of Hebrews to this point. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to gather in your name. As we reflect on the events of Christmas and your Son coming into this world, coming into this world for the salvation of our sins, Lord, we thank you for that, Lord. And as we head into this new year, a time when we think about new beginnings, Lord, help us to, to focus and to grow in you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as you're turning there, let me kind of catch us up with what the writer has been talking about in the book of Hebrews. And remember, we say writer because we don't know who wrote the book. Some people think it maybe was Paul, and many of the early church fathers mentioned Paul as the writer, but good cases can be made either for or against Paul writing this book. So, as we refer to it, we always talk about the writer or the author. It's called the book of Hebrews because, well, it was written to the Hebrews. All right, I know it's even on the screen and it's in the Bible, so you can see it there, the Hebrews, which is easy to remember. But also, even more specifically, it's written to Jewish Christians, those who realize that, that Jesus was this, this man with the Old Testament spoke of, that he came and now they are believing in him. You see, and it was written to these Jewish Christians because we think they were facing some sort of persecution or some kind of difficult circumstance in their faith. Maybe they were considering leaving their, their faith in Christianity and going back to their Jewish roots. And throughout the letter, the author will, will show Jesus as the, the better, the fulfillment of the Old Testament. He'll say he was better than angels. He was better than Moses. He was the better priest, the better sacrifice, and much more. This is why when you read through Hebrews, it probably seems like you're reading through like the book of Leviticus, Numbers, or Deuteronomy sometimes. You're like, what is this guy talking about sometimes? And now as we come into chapter 10, the author has been spending about five chapters kind of explaining Jesus as our great high priest. He says he is better than the Old Testament priest that you saw over and over again. So let's quickly review what the Old Testament priest was so we can see how Jesus is better. So the Old Testament priest, they, they went before God for the people. He, he was the mediator, the, the go-between. He, he was the one who represented the people before God. He, he was the one performing sacrifices over and over and over again. 
And then as we come into this book of Hebrews, even more specifically, it talks a lot about the the Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement was the one time a year when when the high priest could enter into the Holy of Holies. Remember, in, in the temple, in the tabernacle, there was the Holy of Holies, separated by a curtain. And only one time a year on this Day of Atonement could the priest enter in to the presence of God. He would go in and take the sacrifice and sprinkle the blood of the goat on the Ark of the Covenant for the forgiveness of their sins. But this was risky. The the priest could die if they did even kind of one thing wrong. In fact, when they would go into the Holy of Holies, they would tie a little a, a rope around their ankle just in case the person did something and God struck them down dead in the Holy of Holies. They obviously couldn't go in, so then they could just pull the priest back out from the Holy of Holies. Crazy, huh? Thank goodness it's not like that anymore. That is some scary stuff. So up at this point now, Jesus, he's been explained as the better priest. But why is he better, he says? He says, one, Jesus didn't have to make sacrifices for himself. See, the high priest would have to make a sacrifice for his sins. Jesus obviously never sinned, so there was no need for him to make a sacrifice for his own sins. His sacrifice was once and for all. It wasn't something that was going to be offered over and over and over again. And it was that perfect sacrifice. And there's much more within the book of Hebrews, but that kind of sums it up to get us to the point where we are here in chapter 10. So follow along with me. I'm going to start by reading verses 19 and 20. He says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. So he begins with a therefore. And anytime you see that, you're always remembering that he's bringing to a point everything that he's talked about before. So, so because Jesus is our great high priest, we do these things and we think on these things. It's the view of what Jesus has done for us giving us confidence in the presence of God. Remember, Israel had one person, the high priest, who could enter in at a fixed time of the year, one time a year. And there was fixed conditions for which they could enter. People were kept at a distance in the Old Testament. But now, believers, we have full access to God. It's not some special group that has revelation from God. In fact, the New Testament will call all of us priests in our faith. And it says here it's because of the blood of Jesus that we can enter in. The high priest entered in with the the blood of, of goats. But we come in with the blood of Jesus Christ. As you catch another important word in there is the word confidence. We can enter in and not with fear of being struck down. We enter in with confidence before our Lord. We don't have a rope tied around our ankles. And then in verse 20, he further explains why we have direct access. He says it's a new and living way. It's through the curtain. If you remember, it's a key point in the Easter story. When Christ dies, it tells us that in the temple, the veil was torn. The curtain was torn from top to bottom signifying that God's presence is available for all of us. His blood was sprinkled then on the holy place, and it gives us access to the Father. See, it says new and living, and Christ is alive. 
We don't serve a dead Savior in a grave, but a living Savior in heaven. And remember the words of Jesus that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And then as you're following along in verse 21, he says, And since we have a great priest, Christ, over the house of God. So here he is rehashing what he's just said. Because we have this, because we have Christ over the house of God, and now he's about to go in to these three things. These three things, things that as we apply this section, we see what we can point towards in the new year. So let us read this section, verses 22 through 25. Remember, because of all we have in Christ, it says, Let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, with hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, as all the more you see the day drawing near. So if you remember back to my New Year's resolution, more lettuce. Well, what I actually mean to say, and I think what you cut on from that verse, is really it's more let us. Because as you'll see in this passage, there are three things. Everybody's kind of groaning like, oh, man, I thought Seth was going to eat more lettuce. Ha, ha, no. All right, so here it is. So we see these more let us in these passages. And these let us things are going to be areas where we can point to where we can look at as we're going into 2022 to say, how can I grow? What should be the foundation of my spiritual life coming into this? And if as you read that, we saw three things. We're going to see that we need to draw near, that we need to hold fast, and that we need to consider each other. So in verse 22, we see the first one. Let us draw near. You see, remember, there is no longer any distance between us and God. We can draw near. And let me take you back in time to August of 2003. Here I was. I was going into my junior year at Emmaus Bible College. A freshman comes onto the scene by the name of Christy Bell. That's Christy, in case you don't know. So here it is. And the thought in my mind was what? I want to draw near. So as we were going through this and we were talking and becoming friends, I realized how it was a good way to approach, a good way to talk with her. I learned ways we could grow in our relationship. And all this, of course, has led to where we are today. Here we are, 18 years later, and as they say, Look at us now. All because, well, she wanted to draw near too. But, you know, I wanted to draw near. And, and we learned all those things. And as we learn to draw near to God, there are specific things and ways that we can learn to draw near. And he lays it out for us in this passage. Look at what he says. He says later on after that, he says, with a true heart. The NIV actually translated it with a, a sincere heart. So we then do that with also full assurance. So what is a true and sincere heart? 
If we want to draw near to God this year, in, in 2022, how do we draw near with a true and sincere heart? Well, as we read Scripture, we understand that the heart represents our inner person. It's our thoughts, our will, emotions. It's our character, all those ways it's used. Remember back to what Jesus said about our hearts in, in Mark chapter 7, verse 20. He said, it's not what comes out, it's what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within a person, and they defile a person. So if you go through that, that crazy list of, of coming to God with a true and sincere heart, we look over that list and we say, what do I need to eliminate from my heart in 2022? Remember, Jesus in Matthew 14 says these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Sometimes we need to check our hearts. Are we just talking the talk or are we drawing near to God with a new and sincere care and trueness in our hearts? Don't let the list from Mark 7 junk up your heart and pull you away from our Savior. Draw near to him. And if you notice at the end of verse 22, it says what brings us this new heart. It says our hearts have been sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. Isn't that great news? Reflect on the Old Testament passage, and the priest would bring in the blood, and he would sprinkle it on the Ark of the Covenant for forgiveness of sins. Now our greater sacrifice, Christ has come, and he has sprinkled us with his blood, freeing us from our evil hearts. And it's the sacrifice of Christ which renews the hearts in our lives. Remember the words of David as he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. But see, our hearts just aren't sprinkled. He says later on in 22 that we're washed clean. And here's another full picture of this Day of Atonement. Before the priest would have to go through all his rituals, he would have to wash himself clean for, to make himself pure. He would wash himself with water, then he would put on his robes. And then when he was done with the sacrifices, he would again wash himself and put on new clothes. And in the same way, we have been washed with Christ. This is what Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 as he is writing to them and reminding them of where they used to be in their lives. He says, and such were some of you. You could almost say you were in that Mark 7 place. Your hearts were full of sin, but you were washed you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord, Christ Jesus, by the Spirit of our God. So where are you at heading into this next year? Is your heart full and sincere? Or are you wanting to follow God and draw near to him? Cleanse your heart. We also, as it says, we have a certainty of faith. Remember, we are confident in our faith. It is a faith that is there for us forever which now goes on to the next let us. In verse 23, it says, let us hold fast. And the verb here is the kind of the same one it uses earlier in the book of Hebrews. In chapter 6, it says it in verse 6 and 14 about holding fast to our confidence, to holding on to this confidence that we have in our faith. 
It's something that says, don't let it slip away. An even better picture is how the NIV would say. It would say, be unswervingly in your faith. See, the Greek actually kind of means this idea of that which does not bend or, or that which is straight. It's this picture of stability. You know, over this last summer, on our family vacation, we, we took a trip to New York City for a week. And as part of that, I think I've mentioned this before in a message, we went to the, the 9-11 Museum. And, and when you go to the 9-11 Museum, you hear a lot not just about the events of 9-11, but you read a lot about just the building of the towers in general. You hear about how they had to get to ground in a specific way because of the river being so close to it, they had to put up a wall to block the water from coming through so that they could have a strong foundation. And, of course, they couldn't have anticipated the events of 9-11, but they built these things on a stern, strong and sturdy foundation, not knowing what would happen, of course, all those years later. But they took care. People put study and measurements and all these things to figure out how to build these buildings strong and tall so that they won't fall over. But maybe you've been in science class and everybody had the class, classic experiment where they had the spaghetti and the marshmallows. Anybody ever done that? Maybe it's beyond some of your time. I mean, I am 40, maybe it's beyond my time as well. But what they would do, remember, in science class, you would put together all these marshmallows and, and this pasta and the spaghetti, and you would try and get your tower as tall as you could get it. All too often, it would get to a certain height and collapse. But what he's saying here is saying, don't let your faith collapse. Stay strong in your faith. Don't waver in your faith. Of course, stay strong in the midst of all that you face today. How much of us need that encouragement to, to not bend, to not sway in our faith, to cling to our faith. You know, this world can throw a lot at us. But the thing that we cling to, as it says in this verse, is our hope. We cling to our hope that we have in Jesus Christ. On Monday, I was attending um, the Perry Hall High School basketball game. As you know, I kind of stepped away from coaching for a little bit, but I like to go back uh, and watch the team and see a lot of the, the guys who are playing still. Uh, and it was after the JV game. Uh, I was sitting up in the stands, and the JV coach comes up to talk to me. Uh, and he's actually a, a local leader uh, in the young life uh, in this area. So we were kind of talking about some spiritual things and just talking about some of the kids and stuff, the stuff that they're going through and struggling. And we really got talking about kind of the situation that we are in as a country, as we are in and facing in this nation. And one thing he said is that he's always confused at the fear that he sees so often in his in fellow believers. And he says he was struck by it because he says, if we are afraid of the times, if we are afraid of this world, then what do we have to offer to the non-believers around us? If they just look at us and see fear, then they're wondering if the Christians have fear, then what else is this world going to throw at us? Instead, he says, we often forget about the hope that we have. And that's what we offer to a world that is facing fear, is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. That we live in knowing in his death, his sacrifice on the cross. And we know that it's tough living in this world, but we serve a God who is bigger. We serve a God who is controlling all things. So what do we do? We follow these words, and we hold fast to this hope that we have. We don't bend to this world. 
We have a, a living hope because God is faithful, as it says. Earlier in the book of Hebrews, he says this about our hope. He says this in 619. We have this as a sure and steadfast, an anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Here he is referencing again Jesus coming in behind the curtain, fulfilling the Old Testament. And he says this is the anchor for our soul. This is the hope that we have. His promises never fail. So we draw near, we hold fast, and the last one is we consider one another. This verse talks about how we are to encourage one another, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. One of the commentators, Guthrie, puts it this way. He says, Christians have a high calling to care for one another, to stimulate one another spiritually and morally. These are words that are found throughout the New Testament, as you think about us being brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul and others will use words such as consider one another, pay attention to one another, look closely at one another, watch out for each other. We need to be aware of the body of Christ. We need to be in each other's lives. All this, as he says, to encourage one another. In fact, it says that we should stir up one another to love and good works. And this is a great kind of picture here, because in the scriptures, this word stir up is kind of used often in arguments or, or being kind of an irritation to people. It's almost like this idea of just like being annoying to somebody. But what it's saying is in a good sense, you could almost say that we annoy each other to love or good works. Like you've just kind of done something because somebody just keeps asking and asking and asking and asking and asking. And you're like, finally, just to keep you from asking, I'll do it. And that's what the encouragement is in a good way, though. I mean, I guess we could all annoy each other, just continually asking, but we want to spur each other on to love and good works. Because it's our love and good works is what defines our faith. Jesus says, remember, that they will know us by our love. And James, the brother of Jesus, tells us that our faith is shown through our actions, through our good works. Remember, this letter now is written to people who were considering leaving their Jewish faith. Was this persecution they were facing worth it? The author says, look out for one another. Encourage each other in love and good works. They saw indeed that even some people had stopped coming together. It says that some of the family were neglecting coming together. In times of discouragement, people will often pull away from the church. They don't want to be around their brothers and sisters. They feel maybe ashamed of the things that they are going through. But in this time is when we need each other the most. If you have been in churches over the last year or so, you've probably heard this verse quoted many times about neglecting and coming together as a church family. We need to be here for each other. We need to be in fellowship with one another, spurring each other on through the good times and the bad. We need to stand side by side with each other in all that God has for us. We don't need to fall into a habit of not meeting together. The question really isn't, are we here every Sunday, though? The question is, are we meaningfully engaged with each other? Are you connected with the family? Are you connecting on Sundays? Are you connecting during the week? Guthrie, as he's writing about this, says this. He says, to whom in the body of Christ... Am I giving encouragement this day or this week 
by my presence, my actions, and my words. He also says, am I receiving encouragement by remaining faithful to my association with the body of Christ? Such reflection, when followed with action, serves as the foundation stone for a healthy Christian living. So as you go about this this last week of 2021, who can you encourage in the faith? Who can you come side by side on and say, let's go through this together? And then in the finalness of this section, he says these words. He says, because the day is coming near. He says, Jesus is coming back. The day is approaching. Encourage each other with this hope. The return of Jesus is always before us. He will come and set right the ways of this world. So as we reflect on this passage, the desire to to eat more lettuce. No, the desire to live out these three lettuce. Remember to draw near to God, to, to hold fast to the hope that we have, and to consider one another. And all this because Jesus, our high priest, because of his sacrifice on the cross. And it's that sacrifice that we come to remember with this time of communion. When we look and think about all that Christ has brought to our lives, we think about his blood which was shed on that cross, his body which was broken for us, and how he calls us to remember it as we come together. You know, the the hope of the gospel message is that we are lost sinners. As we celebrated on Christmas, he sent his son into this world. He sent his son that so he might die for us. He faced the rejection of this world. And we believe in his death. His death that covers us from all sins, that cleanses our hearts, it sprinkles us, and it washes us clean. Christ calls on us to confess our sins to come before him and reflect on all the ways in which we have stumbled. Because he says, for we all have sinned, and we all fall short of the glory of God. I'd encourage us now, before we head into this time of communion, to take a time. Take a time to reflect and take a time to confess where you have fallen short in obedience. Take a few moments amongst yourself. I invite you, if you haven't already, to to grab one of the the cups and the chairs in front of you there. You'll see kind of on the bottom there, below there, next to the Bibles, the cups that we have for communion. Remember, the the first tab kind of opens up uh, the part to the wafer, and then the the second tab kind of opens up uh, the the tab uh, for the juice. Paul, in his writing to the letter of the Corinthians, he writes these words. He says, For I have received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had broken it, he had given thanks, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the body of your Son, which was broken for us on that cross. It's a, it's a cross that now brings us full assurance of faith, that we can freely come in to your presence, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Paul, he continues in his writing, says these words. He says, in the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you could proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blood, for the blood which goes behind the curtain, which cleanses us from our sins, Lord, and washes us. Lord, you have created us for relationship. Lord, we thank you for this. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Worship team, you can begin to make your way up as we prepare to close our, our service for this day. And as you're reflecting on these things, I want you to remember. I want you to remember as you're going into 2022, I want you to think on these things. How am I going to draw near? How am I going to draw near to God in this coming year? Lord, make my heart new. Give me a sincere heart to follow after you. Hold fast to your hope. Don't let this world come at you. Hold fast to all that we have in Christ. And then this year, encourage one another. Lift each other up in the name of the Lord. In closing, I wanted to read words from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. It says this, Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So remember, more lettuce this year. Stand as we close in a song.